Too bad. I've already started it. Okay. So you better get ready. I guess that means I have to get ready then. Get good. I am good. Get better. Fuck you. Awkwardly looks away. Hey guys. All conflict. Welcome back. Is that our intro? I don't. We can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of people have like these really good intros where they're like telling a joke or something funny that happened to them, and I'm just sitting here like my life is boring. It's also a hot mess. You guys don't need to know about it unless you'd like me go on another rant about my conspiracy. So days. should I just like look up like random funny like punny jokes for each beginning? Do not of... hit me with puns. Oh, I will hit you with fists <laughs> if you hit me with. Puns. I can't. I can't pun you. I hate puns. Why? Oh, I hate them so much. The funny thing is, like, I, I tell like Sophia and them on my stream that I hate puns all the time as a joke but I actually fucking love puns so on your stream there was a time where we were just like constantly punning I need to admit that that was not me I had Jesse put all the puns on there because I hate puns so much that I wanted to participate and couldn't make myself do it <laughs> that bad so huh? he had the phone and he was punning it up oh my gosh that night yeah wow I'm sorry I lied to you, Sophia. I'm not sorry I lied to Josh, just Sophia. Oh, she does listen to this, doesn't she? I think so. If she doesn't, I'll be kind of sad, because like, we're supposed to be bestie boos. That's, that's also fair. Sophia, please listen to my shit. Like, all my shit, please. <laughs> please. There, there, that's my intro. It's just me pleading for people to listen to my shit. <laughs> please, please listen to our shit, guys. Dude, hey, guys. Um, on, a, on a slightly unrelated note that's a tangent in our intro, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> Fucking Soul Calibur 6 comes out real soon. Yes. Probably it'll be out after this goes live. Yeah. So Are we are we going to continue our Soul Calibur series? Fuck yes. So, like, what I would like to do, and this is, like, another tangent on top of the tangent that we just had in our intro tangent... Um, but what I want to do with me and you is I want to do like little battles in each soul caliber. So like, I know that I have three, four and five and you'll have six and I don't know if I can find one or two. I don't even think I have the console for one or two. If uh, being honest. I do believe one, one is on, um, like the Xbox download center. Okay. So I do believe I can get a hold of one. So that way we can make that happen. I just think that would be a cute thing. Like do like a couple little episodes each of us just battling in the different soul calibers. Yeah. I mean, because right now I am the champion at three. I don't know how that happened. Actually, I do know how that happened because you didn't have your buttons. (laughs) So I'll just continue to give you the shitty controller and maybe I'll stand a chance (laughs) in the other games. Well, I think think when we do that though, instead of... Because I'm just going to play Nightmare in every game... Josh, you gotta expand. Well, no, no, this was gonna say. I think we should do like random select. Ooh, okay. And then just like play with whatever the game gives us, and I'm okay with this, guys. You just watched a let's play like talk negotiation. Oh, I forgot we were recording. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, guys, that's what happens when you go on four tangents in the middle of a tangent intro. Boom. This can't possibly. This cannot possibly still be our intro because we're already like four minutes into recording. That's also fair. We're gonna have to make the. At some point, this got put into a regular podcast. Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to another episode of the subject tonight. It's your bad man. Your, your mad man. I was about to say it's your bad boy and your main man is were the things. It's that, your mad man. Your 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 bad man, mm-hmm. Josh. 
I got too many blankets over here with me. Hey, what's up? And uh, we're going to fulfill a promise. We told you guys a couple weeks ago that we were going to do some unsolved mysteries. <laughs> but instead of just unsolved mysteries, <laughs> thank you, we're going to do a bunch of them. Because we thought that'd be a lot more interesting than just talking about two of them. Because there are a lot more than you think. Uh, like, seriously, if you just go look up, like, unsolved mysteries online, you'll have, like, the top 100 most unsolved mysteries, 29 creepy unsolved mysteries that won't let you sleep. Like, they're everywhere. Now, and I imagine there may or may not be some overlap between these, so... If there is, if you we'll do it, I'll skip it. On, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I just thought we'd, we'd share those, because that, that was an interesting thing. It's spooky month, and we can go ahead and make that happen. Spooky. I still have not shown you... The Help Helen Smash. We need to do that. Megan, you had one job. I have so many jobs. That's, I tell you that's how many. fair, actually. And then you said you were going to watch The Boy. You probably didn't do that either, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah that, I can't now even, who's I, the monster? I can't, I can't even get mad. You. I can't even get mad. But yeah. But like everything, we need to get started with some weirdos. You want to go first? Sure. I'll be more than happy to go first, Megan. <laughs> Because I, I didn't go first last time. And so also because I don't have any yet. You weren't supposed to tell them. Oh my god. I'm not a liar, Josh. <laughs> it's not lying. It's called um, covering up your mistakes. The, yes. Mm-hmm. Every Pre- good performer does Pretending it. I'm amazing. Exactly. Okay, yeah, but you should... So yeah, I, I do have one prepared, though. Um, it's not spoopy. Oh. It, it's not spoopy. Okay. It's interesting, but it's not spoopy. Um, so let me, let me go ahead and just read you the title because it says a lot. Semi drives on bike path, gets stuck under bridge. (laughs) So yeah, a confused truck driver in Ohio, Columbus specifically, drove onto a bicycle path and ended up getting a semi wedged underneath a pair of overhead bridges. Okay. But what I don't understand is why was he on the sidewalk? Well, he was, he was confused. He didn't realize it wasn't a road. So but it's a sidewalk. It. It's like that's like the most narrow road you've ever been on. How big is this sidewalk? If you're getting confused, well, let me show you the picture because this is this is a pretty big. I, I can see why he why I think cars fit there. What? Yeah. That does not look like a sidewalk. That actually does look like it looks a like road. a street. Yeah. That's why it says he was confused. Like he wasn't trying to do anything wrong. I'm just, just saying this guy. He's not at fault here. This is the government. <laughs> More of your conspiracy theory. Yes. Oh no, that's not even a conspiracy. That's obvious. Okay. That's fair. I'm sorry. That's fair. But yeah, um, it, it's a, I'm not going to say where it is because that's irrelevant. But it was closed. Um, it, the the place was closed after a truck driver from out of town got confused trying to find a highway. Um, and then the, there's a bunch of pictures of it being wedged in like the, the apparently the, the fucking police made a day of this shit. Yeah. And took like a bunch of pictures and posted them on Facebook. But he was, the, the driver was cited for a reckless operation and reckless operation of a traffic control device. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm sorry for that guy. I feel bad for him. But he was cited. So like, it, it's not even he actually got in trouble because it really wasn't his D- fault. Isn't like a citation, like a ticket though? Uh, uh, is it? I don't. I Are don't citations know. the same as tickets? Let's people, Google. Smart people should look that up, I'm or go- Josh can Google it. Because I'm I'm smart. Well, yeah, Citation you are. You are a smart guy. Google. Good, or, good citation versus Google versus ticket. Oh no, there is not really any difference between a citation and a ticket. A citation, by definition, is an official summons. 
especially one calling for an appearance in court and a ticket has a definition of a legal summons, especially for a violation. So hmm. they're the same. Yeah, basically. So never mind. He was ticketed. Okay. Still so, wasn't really his fault, though. Hopefully he wasn't ticketed all that much. Yeah. I mean, they really need to fix that sidewalk, though. That's, like, upsettingly a street. <laughs> <laughs> it's even got, like, like the yellow lines and everything. Yeah. It looks... A normal car could fit through there. Yes, absolutely. Like, my little tiny car could absolutely fit on that sidewalk, street, whatever. <laughs> side street. Side, sidewalk, street. Yeah. Side street walk. It's a, it's a strock. It's like a walk, street walk. Strock? Strock. Yeah. I'm going to let you have that one Thank today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go for it. Um, so mine's getting a little cray-cray. And it's the fact that uh, a Banksy painting shredded itself as soon as it was sold for $1.4 million. Excuse me? Okay, so you know Banksy. Yeah. Hidden artist. Been around for forever. And literally, we still don't know who he is. One of his paintings in a frame and everything was given to this auction house. And the auction house was like, holy shit, got it authenticated. But they never took it out of the frame. They just authenticated it in the frame. They were like, this is definitely fucking Banksy. Oh, my God. So they went to sell it. A woman bought it for $1.4 million. As soon as the gavel dropped, the picture frame, which was also a shredder, Dropped the picture down oh, and shredded no. the photo. Hey, the worst part is no. not the worst part, but like uh, the uh, best, I, best, most interesting part. There you go. The most interesting part is that Banksy posted the video of it to his Instagram. So whether or not someone sent the video to him and he posted it, or if he was there at the auction house, but his Instagram picture of the picture being shredded is going, going, gone. That's amazing. Which makes it seem it would, it like to me, Banksy like donated that picture knowing the shit was going to happen. And I it bet. wasn't just like a random Banksy photo showed up and somebody's being an asshole. It makes it seem like he knew this was going to happen. That was another stunt. I, I got a feeling that Banksy was in the audience. I'm just saying you have to know who was in the auction house at that point. Because like in order to buy shit, I think you have to sign in. So we might be able to find out who Banksy is from this. Maybe. You could. Or at least somebody that knows Banksy, even if Banksy wasn't there. Also true. But, like, how much do you have to hate that you just made an agreement with the auction house to buy a painting for or a picture or whatever for $1.4 million? And then they bring down the gavel away. and they say that it's sold. Like, are you still contractually obliga- obligated to buy that? Well, I don't think you were contractually obligated to buy anything, especially if it's damaged before no it enters your hands. That's That's the fault of the auction house, not the person. So I doubt they would even need to spend that money. Yeah. I'd be real pissed if you still made me buy that shit. It says that the artist was intending to display it at their home, not for sale. It doesn't say whether or not they had to buy it. It just says that's what they auctioned for it. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. That's another unsolved mystery. It is. I thought it was perfect. That is perfect. God was speaking to me today and he was like, Megan... I did this for you. I think God's trying to tell me that he's Banksy and that these are his literal works of miracles. I mean, maybe. Could be. You never know. You can't prove that I'm wrong. So I, I can't. I also can't prove that you're right. True. You know what also can't be proved? 
these mysteries. Yeah. That we're getting on topic about. <laughs> okay. So, let's start talking about stuff. And things. And things and stuff. Okay, you want me to start off with like a, a mystery and kind of get sure. the ball rolling? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, there's an unsolved mystery in France of the uh, disappearance of Gregory Affair. So, mom goes to get her four-year-old boy at the, quote, child minder. Because that's what they call babysitters in France, our child minders. Child minder? Uh, what she, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. She gets him home, and it's a nice day, so she's letting him play in the front yard while she does some laundry. She gets all the laundry taken out, changes it out. Might, you know, you've done laundry, but maybe 10 minutes to, you know, get all the laundry folded, get it, you know, whatever done. Um, and the boy's missing when she goes back out. He's not there. So someone calls the boy's uncle and tells him that he's taken the boy and says that he lies dead in the river. The boys uh, found uh, dead, hands, feet, and tied at the bottom of the river near their house. Uh, the whole investigation, apparently, is just a clusterfuck and goes nowhere. Um, they've accused various members of the family, and all of them have been proven like in, like there's no possible way they could have done it kind of thing. Huh. Um, and it was reopened again last year because... Uh, the man that was the judge of the entire case at the time just committed suicide. So now they're trying to look at him to see if maybe he had anything to do with it. But even though it was reopened, they still haven't solved it. They still don't know who killed that four-year-old boy. Hmm. Yep. In 15 minutes. 15 minutes. That's crazy. Everything like that can change. That's fucking crazy, dude. Okay, your turn. Tell me a good one. Oh, here, here's a good one. So... Um, this is called The Unknown Man of Somerton Beach. Oh, I think I've heard this one. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. You're doing like a and, full story. I love it. In late 1948, a couple found an immaculately dressed dead man mm -hmm. on Australia's Somerton Beach. Outside of these simple facts, any new evidence collected only seems to lead investigators in circles. Some of the strange features involve um, the man's body... In, like having small pupils, extremely muscular calves, and oddly wedge-shaped toes, um, his feet were described by an examiner as rather striking, suggesting in his own assumption that he may have a habit he may have had a habit of wearing high-heeled and pointed shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, the man's stomach contained a lot of blood, suggesting he was poisoned, but there wasn't the faintest amount of poison detected in the food uh, or body. Mm -hmm. At court inquest, the coroner thought the only answer could be one of two extremely rare untraceable poisons, of which the names he refused to say out loud. Voldemort, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the belongings of the man's pockets also proved to be unscrutable. One, a pack of gum. Two, matches. Uh, three, two combs. Four, uh, a pack of Army Club cigarettes mixed with seven more expensive cigarettes named Conceitas. All the name tags on the clothes have been removed. Inside the secretive inner pocket of the waistline of his pants mm -hmm. was a tightly rolled scrap of paper that read Tamam Shud, Persian for it is ended. Mm -hmm. But if I remember right, the man, they didn't seem to think he was Persian. Yep. Or like had any reason to have been in Persia or speak Persian. Exactly. Um, the There's some stuff about the scrap of paper, about it coming from a New Zealand edition of a book of poetry and by pure happenstance, like some people 
like found the book and then sent it to the police. Uh, the police thought there was like a cipher in the the paper that yeah. was there, but it's untraceable. And there's there's nothing else. Uh, the only other thing that they that's even relevant is the fact that the police found another dead man on Australia with a copy of the the book mm-hmm. that they they got sent by the the new the people, but. Like there were only five editions ever printed, and that this this man held the seventh one found. Do you so, do you think that maybe this particular killer was like, this is going to be my calling card, something to do with this book? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, and then the police didn't find it out, and he was like, you guys are fucking idiots. Like he's just a DM somewhere waiting for his players to like to figure, figure it out. out. Yeah, and he's like, none of you guys are fucking rolling perception checks. I'm done with you, and he just canceled the campaign, and then he didn't kill anymore. Maybe. I mean, he could have. That could have been a potential serial killer that we just didn't find out because I, I he got frustrated and quit. Given, given the nature of, like, the stuff happening and, like, the fact that these people are, like, well-dressed and mm-hmm. all this other shit, like, maybe. Either that that, that could definitely point to, like, some serial killer shit. Well, and then on top of that, it almost seems like that's probably not what they were wearing like because of the weird shit like sewn in you know notes and the waistband and like weird combinations of cigarettes and stuff it's almost like yeah like they were placed and they were just like how confusing can we make this shit (laughs) like you open up a pack of cigarettes and it's every fucking cigarette choice you can get at the gas station (laughs) just put in one pack why? Like this is supposed to mean something. So like the people at the police station are like, like racking their brains. Meanwhile, there's shit. just a guy over there like <laughs> these motherfuckers right this now are was, so confused. This was so random. This is going to throw them off my trail. It's going to be great. Guys, this is great. <laughs> Cannot wait to hear about this on the news. Get the popcorn. <sighs> okay. Uh, my next one is the disappearance of the um, Eileen Moore lighthouse keepers. Nope. Nope, as in you haven't heard her? Nope, don't do it. No, nope, I haven't. I haven't oh, I thought you were going to be like, no, you're not doing that one. Go, well, nope. okay, next one. No lighthouses. Never. <laughs> um, so the scene was found by the people that went to check why there was no response. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I didn't mean to just die right there. Um, there were two out of three uh, waterproof jackets missing from the kitchen, and they found pretty much everything that was normal except for just one chair laying on the floor. Um, and there was still a meal on the table. Kind of, kind of appeared that maybe they left in a in a bit of a hurry. Um, but the lighthouse keepers were nowhere to be found. Oh wow! Uh, the only clues that they, they had gathered from uh, the lighthouse were in the lo- the lighthouse log. Um, and the last few entries that were written in there were kind of weird. Um, it said severe winds, the like of which I had never seen before in twenty years. The log attendant, Thomas Marshall, um, wrote that he also noticed James Ducott, who was the principal keeper, had been very quiet and that the third assistant, William MacArthur, had been crying a lot, uh, which is strange. Uh, what is strange about – sorry, I'm trying to read this from an article. What okay. is strange about the last thing is that William MacArthur was a seasoned mariner and was known on the Scottish mainland as a tough guy and storms shouldn't have been a big deal to him, but during this storm – the regular guy was quiet and MacArthur, the seasoned mariner, was bawling his eyes out like a baby. Huh. Um, entries the day later stated that the storm was still raging even worse than before and that the lighthouse keepers had been praying for it to stop. Um, also, the lighthouse was 150 be- feet above sea level and not only should they have been perfectly safe and should have known that since they were all seasoned mariners um, and they were also very experienced. So, like, 
the fact that they were all panicking like this suggests something, maybe something else was Different going on. was happening. Um, the craziest thing about this is that there was not a single storm reported in the whole area around them. They were logging that there was a storm raging and that it was terrible and that they were all panicked and free, you know afraid for their life, but nowhere else anywhere near them reported even the slightest bit of rain. So they were on some kind of something. Something. Um, and uh, the final log was made the day after that, and it said, storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. That's it. Yeah, I feel like something's happening there. Never found them. They found all of their, they found two out of the three life jackets that were supposed to be in the house. Two of them were missing. And... There was still eating food on the table, like half-eaten food on the table. And that's it. That's all that there was. Ooh. That's some like alien abduction <laughs> nonsense. It might be. They got abducted by God. They're in a better place now. <laughs> Is that what happens to all the dead people? They get abducted they get by abducted God? abducted by God. Fuck. There are worse ways to get abducted. I, I guess so. Or worse people to be abducted yeah. to by, I guess. By, from... I don't know. So, the next one on my list is um, Witch Elm Bella. Ooh, who found, who put Bella in the Witch Elm? Yeah. Yes. So, since Megan apparently knows about this, don't I worry, she I love up this. on these things. I love, guys, um, I am a huge murderino. I've heard almost all of the ones you're probably going to tell, and I'm not upset about it. That's probably fair. Um, in 1943, four boys trespassing in the Hagley Woods area of... Worcestershire, Worcestershire, <laughs> Worcestershire, Worcestershire, England. You're making fun of me now. <laughs> well, I really don't know how to say it. Oh, neither do I. Like, that's why I thought you were making fun of me. No, I, Jesse I don't makes fun of me it. for it all the time because he's just, he says that it's Worcestershire. Like, literally just... Wor- Worcestershire? Worcestershire is Worcestershire. how he says it. Worcestershire. Yeah. But, so, like, he says it with such confidence that I'm like, man, I guess I'm wrong. But when like, I first thought of that, it, that was Worcestershire. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But so I don't know how to say it though, and so I'll be like, "You need the Worcestershire." Worcestershire. The Worcestershire. Like I said, he says it with such confidence, and I'm probably mispronouncing how he says it. But to me, it sounds like Worcestershire is what he's saying. So that's how I say it. But then he makes fun of me every time I say it. So I must not be saying it right. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll look it it's up. It's spelled Worcestershire, though. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Wor- Wor- Worcestershire. There's, there's not an H. Oh. It's not Worcester. It's Wor- oh, Worcestershire. I don't know if that's how you say it. Intelligent either. people, please add us. Either way, uh, they discovered something eerie inside of a witch elm tree. Um, instead of the bird's nest that they were looking for, they found a human skull. Dun, dun, dun. Nervous to be caught, though, they vowed never to speak of it, but the skull haunted one of the boys so much that he told his parents. Obviously, then the police got involved. Mm-hmm. Um, when the police investigated, they found an almost whole female skeleton tucked down inside the trunk of the tree mm-hmm. one of the bones uh, or the bones of one hand were missing but they were located a short distance from the rest of the body <laughs> there was also a small shoe small pieces of tattered clothing and a gold ring with the woman who they estimated would have been about 30 to 35 years old and the police estimated she'd been in the tree for about 18 months mm-hmm Further study revealed a piece of uh, taffeta cloth taffeta. Taffeta. cloth 
and the mouth of the skull, suggesting that suffocation would have been the cause of death. Every dentist in the country was contacted in hopes of garnering a positive ID from dental records. And even though the woman appeared to have had recent dental work, no dentist had any record of her. Um, roughly six months after the group, after the graffiti, roughly six months after her discovery, graffiti started to appear. In, gra- Josh can't read. <laughs> graffiti started appearing. Who put Bella down the witch elm? Mm-hmm. And other similar sentiments beg the question: Who's Bella? And who knows more than what they're letting on? Who this woman was and who might have killed her is still very much a mystery, though there are a few theories, the most interesting of which was that Bella was a Nazi spy named Clarabella, who was scheduled to parachute into the area in 1941. Mm -hmm. One of those theories is that not only was she scheduled, but she actually just accidentally landed in the tree and was wedged in there and couldn't get out, and that the only thing she could do was like move her arm Because, like, one of her hands was missing, and so they're thinking that maybe it got gnawed off. And when it got gnawed off, or whatever, then she was able to move it a little bit, and they think that maybe she put the own taffeta in her mouth to end her suffering. Which, that's got to be a shit way to go. How would you get wedged in a tree like that, though? I I, I mean, I'm not... That's just one of the theories out there. I have no idea how scientifically that would even be possible. Like, what the fuck? Like, just... What the fuck? Uh Uh-huh. That's crazy. A little bit. A little bit. Your turn. Oh, okay. That was it. So uh, this story I'm going to read was actually submitted by someone anonymous called Iris Incarnate. So I'm going to just read what she wrote because like, I think she did a really good job of it. Okay, go for it. Um, it says, Susan Powell's case always gives me the heebie-jeebies, mostly because it happened so close to where I live. Basically, in 2009, Susan Powell went missing. It's noticed that she, her husband, and her two sons are missing the next day when no one shows up to work slash daycare. Family starts trying to contact them to no avail. Finally, a sister gets a hold of the husband, Josh. He said he went on a spont- spontaneous camping trip with the kids on a school night. In November. And now he also doesn't know where Susan is. So there's a lot of shady details. Uh, There was a fan drying a wet spot in their house. Some blood was found in their house. Um, He and his family tried to say Susan was having an affair and she probably ran away with her boyfriend. Um, The kids say that they had seen their mom in a truck. Um, Susan's friends say that she had been like kind of timid lately and a journal of hers that they found said that she had moved to Utah from Washington because Josh's dad scared her. Um, she had told friends that, um, her husband and his dad wanted to share Susan. Yeah. Um, authorities later found hundreds of photos on Josh's dad's computer of Susan that she didn't know he had taken. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. So I know what you're thinking. Either Josh or the dad killed her. Seems kind of clear cut, but because of some flubs in the initial investigation, despite all their suspicions, no one could actually gather any real evidence. And more importantly, no one ever found Susan or her body. Like Susan has not turned back up. They have not found a body that matches Susan's description. They have not found like a body that they can't match, like nothing that would suggest it was Susan. Um, so a few years later, Josh was arrested for having child porn on, or not Josh, Josh's dad was arrested for having child porn on his computer. So in 2012, uh, Josh moved back to Washington and then exploded his house during a supervised visit with his sons. The fuck? Yeah. 
I don't know if... Exploded his house? Yeah. Um, investigation of the remains showed that Josh had locked himself in the house with the boys, hacked them up with a hat, hacked them up with an axe, and then set the house on fire. And, like, I guess that even the boys had smoke inhalation, so he hacked them up with an axe and they still weren't dead. Yeah. Um, so the next year, Josh's brother committed suicide. Duh, this is just all kinds of fucked up. Mm-hmm. And now Josh, or down to Josh's dad, who many believe know exactly where Susan's body is, if he wasn't involved with the murder himself, is now out of prison and walking around in the world. Uh, so it's been eight years since her disappearance. We're no closer to finding her body. This case still haunts me because all signs point to Susan, a victim of abuse, murdered by her husband, who would later go on to kill their children and himself, but we have no solid proof and nobody. Thank you, Iris Incarnate, because that was very well done, I think. That's all kinds of fucked. Mm -hmm. All kinds of fucked. What the hell? Yeah. Like, wow. (laughs) Your turn. Okay, so mine is the Norfolk Headless Body. Ooh, I actually don't know this one. So, in a general sense, it's often difficult to identify badly decomposed bodies, but that task is made even harder when there is no head. The scant remains of a decapitated woman were found near Swaffham, Norfolk, (laughs) England, in August of 1974. Ironically, a tractor operator by the name of Andrew Head found the body. (laughs) The deceased woman was estimated to be about five feet tall and between 23 and 35 years old. Her hands and feet were bound, and she was clad in a 1969 Marks and Spencer pink nightgown. She was wrapped in plastic containing the logo for National Cast Registers, but the model of payroll machine it originated from numbered in the thousands. Hmm. And there's a picture of the nightgown itself. Um, detectives also looked at the, the rope used because uh, it consisted of four strands rather than the usual three or usual five or even three. An expert told police that the rope's composition suggests it was made for use with, with agricultural machinery. Um, a trace of the rope's manufacturer produced no new clues as the company that produced it had been defunct for some time. The most popular theory regarding the woman's identity is that she may have been the prostitute that lived near Great Yarmouth Docks known as the Duchess. This well-known lady is said to have disappeared in the summer of 1974, which was um, a couple months before this body was found. Mm-hmm. Um, I passed that part. There. But still, there two go. months of decomposition is plenty of time, dude. Uh who disappeared in the summer of 1974, leaving all her possessions behind. However, no one recalls the woman's real name, and the documents from her brief incarceration are no longer in existence. Police exhumed the uh, Norfolk headless woman in 2008 for DNA testing, but like many other cold cases, it produced no matches. Mm -hmm. Her head remains missing. Dang. (sighs) Fuck. I need it. I need to know where her head is. Um, okay, this one was also anonymously submitted um, by Asexual Ninja. Not a sexual, like asexual as in no sex ninja. ninja. Mm-hmm. I just really like that name. And also the story. That sounds like an Xbox gamer tag. It, pro- it might be. Can we go look them up and ask them if they did this later? Maybe. Okay. So it reads... 
Uh, for many decades, there was only one hospital in the area where I grew up, and their closest competition was a half-hour drive away. For about 20 years, they've had a reputation for screw-ups and questionable patient deaths. Mm -hmm. Both as a patient and being there for family members, I've had multiple experiences that have made me agree with this reputation. Several years ago, there was a big to-do as someone got murdered there. Their killer got past security after visiting hours, bypassed all the medical staff, and then suffocated their victim with a pillow. The body was found with the pillow still over the victim's face, a fact that police reported in an interview on the case. Time passes and new new reports come that the victim was strangled with cords in their hospital room and then the pillow was placed over the face. A few days after that, there's a new report that there was no murder, it was an accident where the bedridden victim somehow found the strength to get up, gather the cords in the room, and then pull them tight enough to choke themselves to death. And now there was no mention of the pillow that the police had noted as being there. So the media dropped the story immediately after the last report, with no questioning about the changes in the report. On top of that, if you try to search online, the local TV stations seem to have totally scrubbed their old reports, except for one, which has the accident version of the story and nothing else. About 20 years before this, I got to witness a similar change in facts regarding the reports of a fellow who died because it looked bad for his employer that his death was because he did something stupid while looting. I honestly think the hospital used its clout to force the local media to bury their original reports and go with the accident theory so as to not get a worse reputation. I feel like someone got away with murder in part due to them wanting to protect the brand image. So there's a potential murderer that got away just because because the hospital paid news stations to not look into it and so people forgot about it fuck but also it was never announced who died because they said they would announce that later so like they don't know who it who did not only who the murderer was but they don't know who the victim is yeah at least it wasn't reported in, in in this story maybe police know who the victim is but that makes me think like why are you covering it up Either they know who did it, or the victim was, like, high profile, I think. Maybe. And they just didn't want to have it reported. I don't know. Ooh, spooky. Weird. (laughs) Weird, 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 weird. So, I wanted to... Okay, I wanted to make sure I I got all this first, because this one's kind of long. Oh, no, you're fine. You probably heard of this if you... uh, it, It is... I guess apparently one of America's most famous cold cases, it's the uh, boy in the box. Yeah, I'm literally, I have that up right here. (laughs) I'll give it to you. Don't worry. Don't worry. But yeah, uh, I just wanted to make sure I I got it all first. And if you don't, I will correct you. Don't worry. Okay. So, like I said, this is one of America's most famous cold cases. He is known as America's unknown child. A small boy was found in a cardboard box during the early months of 1957. Investigators in Fox Chase, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, found it difficult to determine his age as he was significantly malnourished. Their best estimate was between three to seven years old. The boy's hair was haphazardly chopped, possibly post-mortem. He was naked and had no vaccination marks. The cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. A college student has seen the box in the woods and thought perhaps it was a doll inside, but he called the police just to make sure. The police were so desperate for info that they even used a psychic who led investigators to a foster home close by where the killer discarded the boy. After meeting with the owner and stepdaughter, investigator believe, investigators believed they could not. There were, investigators believed they could be involved. However, no leads panned out, and any evidence was circumstantial. Then. 43 years later, on the anniversary of the boy's discovery, the police received a strange call from Ohio. 
a psychiatrist had a patient call in the middle of the night. The patient wanted to report a murder her mother committed many Mm. years ago. The anonymous woman claimed that her mother purchased the boy from his parents, then went on to abuse him and keep him in the basement. One night, after vomiting after vomiting from eating baked beans, the boy was severely beaten and then placed in a bathtub to wash up. The patient says the boy died from his beating while in the tub. Mm-hmm. The mother then drove him into the woods. Even though the patient's story corroborates some of the facts not even ever made to the public, like the boy's last meal of baked beans, the police doubted the memory. All the former neighbors with access to the house said it was impossible that a young boy lived there. Furthermore, the patient's history of mental illness did not make her a viable source of information, police insisted. It was also theorized that whoever had custody of the boy perhaps dressed him as a girl. Yep. That could explain the nasty haircut and the fact that his eyebrows appeared to be plucked. Mm-hmm. So we just know nothing about this fucking boy. Okay, except for that we sorted. If they would look into it, we might. So... This is going to be like a real haphazard conspiracy. Here we go. There is, at the same time, there was another boy that went missing. His uncle was supposed to have him. um, And all of a sudden, the uncle said that he was kidnapped, blah, blah, blah. Well, this uncle fits the description that that girl gave of the man that she bought this boy off of. Except for when they showed up to the house, the uncle had the boy dressed as a girl. Because the uncle... That said he went missing and was kidnapped and all this or whatever was trying to hide him. So not only did he have wigs on him all the time, but he was having the boy grow his hair out and they were plucking his eyebrows to make him look more feminine and like had him in dresses and stuff. So the mom, I guess that the boy got used to it. And so I think that one of the reasons they said the boy got beaten at one point is because he wanted to wear the dresses and the wigs again. And the mom was like, no, it's fucking unnatural. And like was like beating him and shit. Um, I mean, they used to beat him for all sorts of stuff. But there's basically two unsolved mysteries going on at the exact same time that police like refuse to look into. And it's of this little kidnapped six-year-old boy. And then... The I mean, yeah, and the, the you know the uncle that says that he was kidnapped in the middle of the night and he doesn't know what happened to him, but the uncle fits the exact description that the girl gave of the man that the mom supposedly bought the boy off of. But no one's looking into it. Interesting. So if they were to look into it, there's a good chance that it is this boy, and then we could actually find out who he was. But they're not. But they're, they're not doing it yet because mm-hmm. the they consider the case cold. Mm-hmm. It's really funny that we we end up on the on the same thing. Did you still get did you get that same picture of the police thing that they sent out like information oh, one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Same thing. That's great. Um okay, so I'm just going to do a really short one. I've heard got multiple podcasts do this one, so I don't want to doing it too crazy. Okay, so I'm going to do um the case of the missing little girl um I think it's Asha degree. Hmm. Um So this little girl um, named Asha, obviously, is nine years old. In the middle of the night, she packs up a backpack and runs away. Like somewhere between midnight and 4 a.m., I think. Um, Multiple drivers see her on the highway and report that there is a little girl near the woods, has a backpack, and it looks like she's like run like not like walking hitchhiking but it looks like she's like running like she's scared but none of them stopped to help her well i i take that back 
I'm remembering the story. One person stopped to help her and she looked at them terrified and ran deeper into the woods. Cause like, it looked like she was kind of like running along the side of the road at right. one point near the woods. And when that person stopped, like she ran into the woods away from them. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So, and you also have to remember like this little girl is nine. So it's not like she's on drugs. Like she's not having like a psychotic drug break or anything. Um, there's evidence that she stayed in a nearby barn that was like off of the woods. Um, but other than that, there's no other trace of her. Cause like she didn't stay in the barn. There's no, and there was no evidence that said like she went to the house or she was carried or there was a struggle. It looks like she slept there, got up and left, but there were no traces of her anywhere. No shoes, no hair, no something that fell out of her backpack, nothing until a year later. I think it was like, 20 months later it's like over a year later her backpack is found wrapped in plastic buried at a construction site just her backpack but she has never been found that's weird Mm -hmm. and the worst part about it is that like i said several drivers saw her and called to report it but other than the very like the last driver from what i understand no one actually no one even tried to get her in the car no one tried to save her no one tried to see what was going on if they could help her yeah that's fucked mm-hmm. this is making me sad man. i know like this shit's such a downer unsolved i feel like it's hard to be funny sad. when all this shit is like death and awfulness and we still don't even know these people it's okay and the reason i say that is that there is it's not even a secret sect there is a wide wide group of people out here that are just like me possibly you that love stories of murder not because they're amazing and they're the most heartwarming things ever but like it's like a tijuana fluff show it's disgusting but you can't look away (laughs) Okay. You just can't. Okay. I guess that's what we're that's you know what we're just going to let that we're just going to let that be. I'm not even going to comment on that one. <laughs> so, my next one is called Lady of Dunes. Don't know if you've heard of this one or not. It sounds familiar, but I don't know any details of it off the top of my head. So, he give it to me. So, let's see if you remember this as we go through it. Um, in July of 1974, a girl walking her dog near the Race Point Dunes of Provincetown, Massachusetts, saw a body not far from the road. The auburn-haired woman was face down, missing both hands and a forearm, and her head was nearly severed. The skull was crushed, and she'd been sexually assaulted, possibly after death. The police found her Wrangler jeans and blue bandana under her head. There were two sets of footprints leading to the area and tire tracks not far away. The examiners estimated she'd been dead close to two weeks, though the victim had some inst- though the victim had some extensive and costly dental crowns, some of her teeth were missing. Um, Detective Warren Tobias um, didn't believe she was a poor innocent. His speculation places the victim as Rory Jean Kessinger, an inmate who landed in prison on robbery and assault charges. She'd escaped before her trial with the help of an accomplice, and the police never located her. Another possible lead in 1981 when investigators learned a woman who looked like the victim had been with mobster Whitey Bulger around the time uh, she presumably died. Bulger was known for removing his victim's teeth, but a definite link remains to be made. 
Uh, serial killer Haddon Clark has given a confession to this unsolved murder. However, he is also a paranoid schizophrenic who refuses to tell the police the woman's name. Mm-hmm. In regards to the woman's identity, there ha- there's been a recent speculation that the Lady of the Dunes could have been in a movie extra in the film Jaws. I, yes, that's why I know this. Sorry, continue. It's okay. Uh, filmed in the June of 1974, 100 miles from Provincetown, Mass., uh, Joe Hill told FBI investigators that during the film's July 4th crowd sequence, he saw a woman fitting the woman's description wearing a blue bandana. Oh, it's in the jeans. movie. It's, yeah. it's not just like he saw her and described it. You can see her yeah, in, the in, the, in the movie. And that's basically what, what that aligns to. And that's also a thing, but like they, they still can't link it yet because there's no way to prove what, ha- what would have happened between the movie filming and... Mm-hmm. What happened, or what would have caused her death? On yeah, Dang. so they're still looking. But. I knew it sounded familiar, and as soon as you were like, "She was an extra," I was like, oh, "I know this." Okay, um, so and that, this- is, that is all the the ones in my article. I had one one of the ones in the article was one of the ones that you read, so oh. I had to skip that one. But okay. all, all the other ones weren't. Well, do you want me to just do one last one and end it then, or uh, sure? Okay. I, I mean, I was just letting you know that was the that was the end of mine. Um, one last one, mysteriously submitted uh, by Irritable Tom. I really think these are gamer tags. They might, they might as well be. Um, asexual if they're, ninja, if they're Irritable not, Tom. Yeah, you, asexual ninja. If that is your gamer tag, please add me um, at Slytherin Nugs. Like spelled like Slytherin and then Uggs, the boot, but all one word. Although that has nothing to do with Uggs. It doesn't. It's Slytherin Nugs, and I didn't think I needed to add another N since it was already at the end of Slytherin. That makes sense. I like, I'm a Slytherin, and I really like Nugs, so. Nugs meaning Nuggets. Nugs meaning all If you nugs, want her to Josh. forgive you for any of your transgressions, just give her Nuggets. <laughs> for real, though. That's what I do to get I'm her to come so to my house to record. easily bribed. <laughs> um, okay. So this last one, I will also read as Irritable Tom, even though it's in my voice. And I'm not acting, just reading. Do you want me to read it as you're over <gasps> Yes! Oh my god, that's how we'll end it. This is my story, but Josh is narrating as, irritable, as Tom. irritable Tom. I was sitting on a picnic table in our apartment complex courtyard one night when some neighbors, with some neighbors, we were drinking and one fellow, Scott, had a bit too much and fell asleep. It was a mild night and we were all about in our early 20s, so we thought nothing of leaving him out there as we went back to our apartments the place was no more than 15 feet away from where he slumbered in a well-lit area. In the morning, I saw the table was empty, so I went over and knocked on my neighbor's door, check on Scott's hangover. Thing is, the roommates say he never came home. I'm mildly concerned, but once again, we're all young and don't worry too much. Around noon, he comes staggering across the courtyard in his boxers and nothing else. We left him fully clothed. He just explains that he woke up in a sparsely furnished apartment across the complex. His only memory of the night, the last night was someone waking him up and walking him to the unknown location where this shadowy person crawled in the window and then let him in the front door. Someone is busy making jokes, but this is gnawing at me, so I demand that we go explore. <laughs> when we get to the apartment, the door is unlocked. After knocking for a few minutes, we walk in. There are condiments in the fridge, but no real food. There's a poster on the wall for the band 311 and a few folding chairs, but no furniture or TV. The bathroom is similar, with a half-squeezed tube of toothpaste, but no shower curtain or bath mat. Curiouser and curiouser. Finally, 
the bedroom, which had no bed but did have a row of dolls against the wall. There is also a pillow and blanket on the floor and Scott's clothes neatly folded on this makeshift cot. We grabbed his clothes. He he declined to join us, preferring preferring to simply point out the apartment and return to his place and get out of there. Scott is adamant that the clothes were not there when he woke up, which I believe. Sure, he was terribly hungover, but not so much, though, that he wasn't aware of his own surroundings and that he would have had to literally step over those clothes to leave the room. No one else seemed to care about this event. My roommates, his roommates, and even Scott himself just seemed content to drop this. But it's been over 15 years, and it still gnaws at me. No money was taken, he didn't have a cell phone to begin with, and he had no memory of this person, but assumed it was male because they basically carried him to the apartment. Why? If you're concerned about the drunk boy in the courtyard, why take him to a random apartment? Did that person live there? If so, why did they crawl in the window? Scott said that he, if he had to unlock the bolt when he left, I guess the person also left through the window, but why? Why take his clothes off and, and where were they when he woke up? I asked him to smell his clothes to see if they had been washed, but he never got back to me on that, and he basically just waved it off as a weird night. I will never solve this mystery. It haunts me. <laughs> Doesn't that fuck with you? What the fuck, dude? Like, what in the actual fuck? So if you didn't follow that drunk guy in a courtyard, shadowy figure says, come on, friend, we're going to my place, and lets him in through the window, through presumably the window. watches him sleep after undressing him, along with that creepy row of dolls, okay? Then takes his clothes, possibly launders them, and then, and then it's gone by the time Scott wakes up. But remember, his clothes are also gone. So the guy came back, realized Scott was gone, and he's like, he'll come back, and lays them on the floor. But this time, leaves the door unlocked. Or maybe Scott had already unlocked the door. I don't know. That's like the most unsolved mystery of them all. That I was, that. I mean, that. I'm glad nobody was hurt in that one, but. True. Like, that's still that really. That you know of. Maybe he was alien probed. Why he didn't want to talk about it. Maybe. Maybe you couldn't talk about it. Oh. Changing mine. Changing my views here, Josh. I'm saying. Just just know that Josh is looking at me, and I know you guys can't hear the way that he's looking at me. <laughs> but we do this to each other all the time where like we'll do something with no audio to it and just expect that you guys know we're like silent silently sobbing or he's just staring at me. In kind of like a a fatherly you know better glance i think that's the best way i can describe it like head slightly tilted eyes up over the rims of his glasses like come on now megan <laughs> you know better come on Megan. <laughs> and that's how you uh describe josh's general demeanor well i mean like I, I, it was it, i didn't i thought this was going to be like another murder story so my brain told me because it was made by irritable tom mm-hmm. that i need to read it in like an irritated dude's voice yeah except like it got, got fucking weird and then, and then I halfway, got out. yeah halfway through you stopped with irritable tom and you were just like slightly disturbed josh because i i would no, i was i was more than slightly disturbed josh i was just disturbed josh see because these are just unsolved mysteries they didn't necessarily need to be unsolved murders that's fair that, that is actually quite fair. I Although all the other up, ones we did were murderish. Yeah, that, well, no, involves someone dying in some way. Yeah. Because I don't think all of them were exact murders, although they could Murder, have been. disappearances, whatever, what have you. But, but the last one, we had to end it on a big shebang. 
That's fair. That that was actually a pretty good one to end it on. Thank you. Given given the nature of our podcast. And thank you, Irritable Tom. You did a good job. And and um um Asexual Ninja. Asexual Ninja. ninja. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of the word before ninja. Thank you for that as well. I think there was also a girl named like Iris or something. I already thanked her, so I don't need to Nick go back Iris? and do it. No, I don't I don't it was like the first one that I read that was like an anonymous person. And it was like, hold on, what was her name? It's the Susan Powell lady. Uh, her name is Iris Incarnate. That also sounds like an Xbox camera tag. If they're not already taken, can I take all of them, especially Asexual Ninja? Iris Incarnate. Like, I, I feel like that word goes fairly underutilized. Incarnate? Incarnate? Absolutely. I feel like more people should use that word. Well, also, it just goes so nicely with hers. Iris Incarnate. There's not a lot of I names out there that would go as well. That's fair. You can't just say Megan Incarnate. Josh Incarnate does not work. Now, maybe like Sinful Chocolate Incarnate? Absolutely. You're just never going to let that go, are you? No. I am a Schmitty Warbin Jaegerman Jensen Incarnate. Megan so, guys, that was work. another episode of the subject tonight. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow because I'm done with this conversation. I don't think we're going to see scene. any of them tomorrow. Actually, yeah, you're right. Well, we'll hear them or we'll talk to them next week. Well, th- this gets posted on a day. We don't have a specific day that we do this, do we? I mean, not necessarily. Like a Saturday, Sunday-ish day. Yeah. As long as I I get it out by Sunday night, I feel like I've accomplished I was going to say, because if it it comes out on a Sunday, then I'll say I'll see you guys in two days, because that's when I stream. Oh, yeah. But I I don't know if this will actually get released on a... See see you you in two to three days. Yeah, two to three days Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) Eastern Standard Time. Remember, if you haven't heard it already, Josh... And all his wonderfulness likes to stream and hang out with you guys. On Sunday and Tuesday nights. On Tuesdays and Sunday nights from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. Come hang out. It'll be great. It it will be great. And then if if you're like... Even if you don't actually chat, just lurk. So that way you can increase my numbers. And then you're like... If you're like, you know what? I don't really want to stay up that late. I love you, Josh. But I'm a morning person. Or you just want to be able to watch it whenever the fuck you want. Josh's streams like stay... On his channel. On my channel for a long time. You get to you get to see the Twitch chat replay as well because chat gets nuts. And then you will see what you're days. missing, and then you'll be like, "I will stay up for that." <laughs> Trust. Megan's me. usually there. Uh, sometimes causes it just, some problems. It just depends. I'm usually at least there for like the first hour or so until I inevitably fall asleep midstream and then feel bad about it. It's okay. And it's not because it's like a boring stream. I'm into it. It's just like. I got shit to do the next day and I'm like watching it in a dark room with a fan on me and it's relaxing. It's okay. You can't help it. It's okay. Can't help it. What's weird is that sometimes even I fucking fall asleep. During your stream? Yeah. Like while you're streaming? Yeah. But you're playing a video game. Exactly. You're like acting. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's worse than that one time David and I watched a guy eat cereal. <laughs> Well, it's, I don't think it's for very well. I mean, I don't know if it's very long because I'm not the one who gets to watch it afterward. But um, I I will doze off at times <laughs> and then realize that I'm tired and should probably go to bed. Yeah. So then I do that. But 
There's been, Do you been, like keep playing the video game while you're sleeping? So what what I've what I've come to notice is that if if I'm tired, things that should normally not be hard become hard. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not processing things like I should right now. Like I don't physically remember getting my character to this location, <laughs> so I probably dozed off during that entire time frame. And this is the third time I've died to this specific set of spikes. I think I'm done here. Have you ever done that while you're driving? Like, what? oh my God. Like doze off slightly? Yeah. Look, not like fall asleep to where you feel like you're asleep, but all of a sudden you're like, I don't remember anything after Whiteland Road. How the fuck did I get here? <laughs> More times than I'd like to admit. I'm I'm scared of myself and I've never hit anybody like that. I've never like switched. It's not like I'm like switching lanes and I'm like, oh my God. It's just like all of a sudden I'm like, I don't recall the last 15 minutes. So there was one time I was coming back home from you guys' house uh-huh. and it was because the, the exits from you guys are like Whiteland, uh, Wurtsville, Wurtsville, Greenwood, County, Greenwood line. County Line. Yeah. And so I remember... Uh, I remember Whitestown or mm-hmm. Whiteland. Whiteland. And then I was at County Line. Mm-hmm. I was at, like, wait a minute. That's not a small stretch of road. That's mm-hmm. like three That's like 20 minutes. exits mm-hmm. that I. What? Mm hmm. <laughs> It scares me, though, because, like, either I've just had, like, a miniature stroke where all of a sudden my memory has been wiped, or, like, I was asleep, and I don't remember sleeping, and obviously I stayed on the road. Well, the crazy part is, like, when that happens, because you you would imagine that your eyes are, like, closed or something. Yeah. Like, there's twists and turns in that road, so, like, how would you... How would I have known? Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm not like, oh, shit, my eyes were closed. What? Like... It's like I, I have this revelation while my eyes are open. That like I don't remember anything that would have just happened. Mm-hmm. It's the strangest shit, guys. That, that's, I mean, that, that right there is alien abduction. Yeah. Like, like they, they take you in that moment and they put you right back. Or you're like between mandala effects where like you've somehow gone from one universe to another. Maybe. That could be like a whole other podcast, by the way. Mandala effect? Yes. Totes. Is it Mon- it's Mandel- Man- Mandela Man- effects, not Mandela. Mandala well, yeah, is like the yeah, sand Mandela. Yeah, yeah. Man- Mandela. Mandela. We, we, yeah. we need the we need the Man- Mandela effect. Yes. 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 Like Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Okay. So we should definitely wrap this shit up though, because I got some Jimmy Johns waiting for me, and uh, I would like to smash, please. So then you go smash. Okay. Wow. Well, what's the, what's the name of that? What's the name of that thing? Who's help smash? Helen smash. Help help Helen smash. Yeah. Helen smash. Who, what's what's the boy's name? Steven. Some I uh, <laughs> I need to go smash your Jimmy Johns. Let me smash. <laughs> smash your Jimmy Johns. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Megan, I swear to God, if you don't give me some of that Jimmy Johns, no, it's my Jimmy Johns. But I bought it. No, you didn't. I did. Don't, you bought my nugs don't earlier. Don't lie to you. No, he's lying to you. I can grit my teeth and talk too. <laughs> For some reason, I have a slight country accent when I do it. I got a slight country accent when I'm mad. Oh, I'm going to kill you with my teeth.